most people, based upon my experience, feel as though they're unworthy of success, of doing great things. And it cripples them before they even get started. A lot of people suffer from imposter syndrome, right? Why me? When really, those are just thoughts over time that created these limiting beliefs. Here's the good news, audience. Welcome to Ultra Habits. Here, we go under the hood with our guests to unpack the minutiae and to understand what processes and systems they engage or research that result in ultra-enhanced living. Howdy, folks. It is RJ Singh here, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Ultra Habits. And this week, we are talking to Craig Siegel. Now, Craig is a high-energy, value-based keynote speaker. He's a performance coach, entrepreneur, and online brand exploder. Now, he's the host of the record-breaking podcast, The CLS Experience, which stands for Cultivate Lasting Symphony. Really cool name, I know. He's a rising thought leader as featured in Entrepreneur, and he's been endorsed by some of the world's most well-known celebrities, such as Rob Diedrich, Ed Milette, Bethany Hamilton, Suzanne Summers, and NFL Hall of Famer, Brian Dawkins. Now, his story is really interesting and really relevant for people in executive land looking to pivot. When the pandemic happened, Craig felt guided to leave his lucrative and stable job on Wall Street. And he went all in with his passion and purpose to help people revamp their mindset and fulfill their potential. Now, Craig's unique combination of energy, motivation, inspiration, charisma, and business has led to the meteoric rise of Cultivate Lasting Symphony. Now, he's all about removing limiting beliefs. He believes this is the key to success in all areas of life feels that most people feel unworthy. And Craig helps people realize that these negative beliefs they're cultivating and that they've cultivated over time aren't working for them. And he works with them to implement positive and constructive thoughts, which then create powerful and positive beliefs, which he believes ultimately change your behavior and create a sustainable and happy and productive and impactful life. So look, I think this conversation, you know, we have so many gurus out there, so many people that are telling us how we can and how we should live a better life. I came across Craig's work on Instagram. He was connected to some of my previous guests and we did some research and I realized that he really had the experience. He had lived the executive life. He was caught up in the matrix and he had the courage and he had the insights and he had the ability to ultimately pull himself towards what he knows is his passion and purpose. And I think that was the story that we really wanted to capture and deliver to the Ultra Habits community and also the piece on negative belief systems and mindsets that aren't serving us. Craig has very, very good insights into how to actually move from a space of negative thoughts and negative belief systems to one that is more positive and more productive. And he's got some really good information and wisdom that he shares here in the interview. So I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of Craig. I hope you enjoy this conversation. 
As always, please let us know what you think. Peace. Craig, welcome to the Ultra Habits Show, bro. It's been a long time coming, coordinating across seas. I'm here in Melbourne, Australia. You're obviously, I think, in New York. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for having me, brother. I appreciate it. I'm a fan. You're absolutely right. It has been a long time coming. Let's have some fun. Let's drop some gems, some nuggets. Let's provide a ton of value. Let's do this. Yeah, so I came across you some time ago. I had Anthony Trucks as well as Joe DeSena on the show. Came across you. And what really piqued my interest was the name of your whole movement it has this real longevity piece to it, right? Like this kind of holistic long-term flavor. And we're going to unpack that and how you came to that. But today, let's go back in time. Craig, why don't you give our audience some flavors to where you're from, how you came up, the background, man. Sure. So I'm from New York, born and raised. I've been here my whole life, essentially, except for college. I was in Connecticut. But ultimately... I was always searching for something, something that was just like a burning like flame inside me that I felt. And I always wanted more, but I never knew what it was. And so I carried this with me my whole life. Went to college, you know, had a lot of fun, didn't really have any direction, wasn't really that interested in the curriculums. You know, they don't really teach you personal development in college. You don't learn how to learn unless you, you know, take that route with personal development, so speaking, growth. So came out of college. And I was a little bit lost in the wilderness with no compass, but I was ambitious. And as a lot of people do in New York, when you're ambitious, you end up on Wall Street. So I did that. Simultaneously, while going to Wall Street, I also discovered personal development. It went down the rabbit hole, removing limiting beliefs, changing our perception of what's possible. And it was at this moment that I discovered that where we are is not necessarily an indication of where we could be or who we could become once we do the inner work. And so had a ton of success on Wall Street, was there for 10 years. I was in finance, then I pivoted, started my own business, where essentially we provided loans and capital to business all across the country. Lucrative, but I was miserable. And I didn't even realize the extent of it, RJ. But the last couple of years, I just, I was waking up every day and I felt like I was going to a job. And that's not how life is supposed to be. For the audience listening right now, there's always a choice. But I was stuck, and I take full accountability for that. I had all this built-up fuel and energy, and I was looking for an outlet. So I got into running, and I started running a bunch of marathons, which was great. And I still love running. We just ran the New York City Marathon a couple of weeks back. But I was never going to be a professional runner. I was looking for an arena to be a gladiator in. Make a long story short, the pandemic happens, and it gave me an opportunity to just pause for a second. I shut down my office for what I thought would be two weeks. Who knew back last March? And I just saw a lot of people, and I'm sure you did too, brother, a lot of Netflix and a lot of day drinking. I said, that's not going to be me. I put myself in this frequency and I just knew like in my soul that I was meant for more, right? To put a dent in the universe, to make an impact. And I had a minute for the first time in 10 years to kind of just assess. And so from studying personal development for so long, I had a strategy. I basically asked myself two things. I said, what are my gifts? And what are my passions? My gift, hopefully you and your audience will agree, is my ability to elevate, to inspire, to actually facilitate somebody hearing and wanting to take action. Now I was like, well, what are my passions? That was the simple part. I love personal development. I'm obsessed with this stuff. 
like I said earlier, removing limiting beliefs, the law of attraction, all that stuff. So I married the two. My, my ability to communicate and elevate and my love for personal development and CLS or Cultivate Lasting Symphony, also a play on my initials, Craig Landon Siegel, was born a little over a year ago in the pandemic. And I'm very humbled to say, I know it usually doesn't happen like this, it's exploded. We have one of the top podcasts on planet Earth, all A-list celebrity guest speakers, some of which you just mentioned, who don't usually do interviews on the show, coaching, masterminds, keynote speaking, um, and my membership, which I'm super excited about, and all the things. And coming full circle, the whole irony of this story is, is I didn't launch CLS for the money. I was doing well on Wall Street. But as it turns out, and I think you probably can attest this, when you truly find alignment, when you find your passion with Set Your Soul Inspire, and you do a good job, the money comes. So now I'm making more money than I ever made on Wall Street. I sold that business, and this is it for me. And we just get warmed up. Let's rewind the tape. We're going to unpack that, right? There's a lot in that. This personal development journey, usually people embark on it because there's something lacking or there's potentially something broken. Like, were you already humming as a youngster and that kind of took you on this path or was there something wrong or, you know, was it just something you were seeking? Like, what actually took you on the path of personal development? I just wanted more. I, I, I lacked confidence in the beginning. And by studying the mindset and stuff, I understood that you can create confidence, a skill that could be developed. I was a people pleaser years ago. I just wasn't my true authentic self. I was trying to find myself in this thing called life straight up. And, and I can honestly say now, you know, people always say like, what are you so excited? How are you always so happy? What do you want? It's because essentially... I spent 35 years trying to find myself. And now like, I've never been more real, raw, and authentic ever as I have right here, right now, having this conversation with you. I'm weird. I'm strange. It is what it is. Take it or leave it. This is me. And also, I believe that I'm a soul and a spirit having a human experience. This five foot seven kind of handsome, maybe not, depending upon your taste. That's what, <laughs> it's just holding my soul and my spirit. And I, and I spent so long. And I thought I found it on Wall Street. I thought I found it in other areas. But the truth of the matter is, is this is it for me. I love to help people. I love to contribute to people's lives. And it's interesting because you asked, like, what was wrong? It wasn't that something was wrong. It's just that nothing was really right. And I was always searching for something. And I really felt like I wasn't making the most of my time here on Earth. And then the pandemic provided me that opportunity to really get deep not to sound too spiritual, but kind of feel guided and hear those whispers and truly find myself. Um, and boy, did I find myself because I love this stuff, brother. What was your family of origin like? What were the influences that, that you grew up with in the house? I came from a very close family. I have two parents. Um, they're still around. My dad's battling cancer. He's in his 80s. Uh, my mom's in her 70s. She actually just broke her ankle in three spots, but that's a story for a different day. Uh, but a very close family. They just celebrated their 48th wedding anniversary, which is fucking trends these days. I have one older brother who's my best friend in the entire world. Love him. My brother, Mark, who gave me an unbelievable nephew who just turned 18 months, his son. Very close family. But I'll be honest with you, as great as my family is, is when I was young and growing up, it was never like, they were never like pushing me to do something specific or like encouraging me to you know, go out there and find myself. It was just, just a great family. But I didn't know, like, 
it was more. I didn't know that you can learn how to learn. I, I didn't know that like you could practice personal development and put yourself in different frequencies and utilize the law of attraction and all this stuff. So this was something I had to figure out on my own, specifically 11 years ago when I got to Wall Street, but also much more recently when I really made this stuff my life. Hmm. So your, your drive to get on the Wall Street and be successful wasn't necessarily something that was fostered within the house. It was just part of your DNA and something that you wanted based on what you thought success looked like and what you should do to get that success. Is that what I'm hearing? That's absolutely correct. I was seeking validation. I wanted the nice cars, the flashy stuff. I wanted, to, I wanted validation back in the day. I didn't know. I was immature. I was trying to find myself. And what's so interesting is I've evolved and grown so much. And let me be clear, I'm just getting started. Like I'm growing every single day. I'm sure I'm going to get some nuggets from you in this conversation, which is great. But these days, I seek validation in a completely different way. I, I seek validation now by contributing to people's lives. So if we, will your audience hears this, if we can land a gem and a nugget and someone wants to take inspired action and they come back and either give a testimonial or say, hey, I heard you and RJ chatting and it really got me thinking. That's the validation that I crave these days. I don't care about things anymore, uh, nice clothes and, and, and fancy stuff. I, I used to back in the day, I'll be honest and vulnerable. Nowadays, I seek validation by contribution. And that's what it's all about, straight up. In Alcoholics Anonymous, which I'm a member of, we talk about, you know, you gain self-esteem by doing esteemable acts. And I think that we live in a world where everyone's waiting to feel good about themselves through belief, hope, you know, uh, kind of non-action orientated ways where I completely agree with you, the way and the path to self-esteem and validation is by actually giving value and creating value. It's in our actions. And that's very freeing to know that ultimately the choice is ours, right? It's how we conduct ourselves in our world, in our lives, in other people's lives that really give us that sense of purpose and guidance and validation. So it seems like the CLS experience is a culmination of your own personal journey. Now, if I'm a member, if I'm to join uh, the CLS experience, what kind of I expect? Like what kind of what kind of work am I doing? What kind of what kind of focus on myself am I engaged in? Oh, I thought you never asked, right? All yeah. the inner work, brother. Listen, the inner experience dictates the outer experience. Learning how to build confidence, to build worthiness, to, to work on our self-image, to realize that we could change what we associate pain and pleasure to. And essentially, the main message of CLS, look, when I started this thing, it was never about Craig Siegel. It was supposed to be a symbol of hope, of faith, of transformation, kind of like Batman, right? The bat signal. It's a signal for Gotham City that they're protected by Batman. I want CLS to represent hope, faith, transformation, that where you are now doesn't mean you're stuck. It's not an indication of where you can be. If you change your mindset, if you buy into the law of attraction, if you understand that most of us have negative thoughts over the course of the day, those negative thoughts create limiting beliefs. That's why everyone is so scared and fearful and doubtful to try anything new. But as sure as you know that, now we have the opportunity to be aware practice mindfulness. We go back in because thoughts are random, thinking is not. We replace those disempowering thoughts with empowering ones, constructive ones, productive ones. Those new thoughts create new beliefs, 
which create new behaviors, which create new results in our life. And that's the overall message that we try to portray in CLS. And the best part about CLS is the community has grown so rapidly. And I like to say it's not a community, it's a family. Everybody just supporting and loving on each other. The common denominator of everybody that's around and it sees the content that's a part of the membership, the mastermind is growth. Everybody wants to see everybody win. There's enough abundance to go out there for all of us. Very important, Craig. Um, I'm a big believer in, you know, if I'm having conversations with multiple people around personal development or topics like we're talking about, and I'm trying to gauge where they're at, what I'm really trying to do is assess their narrative. I think our narrative and individuals' narratives tell us a lot about where we're at or where they're at. How important is an individual's narrative in terms of how they conduct themselves in the world? You mean like their inner dialogue? Mm. Absolutely everything. Most people, based upon my experience, feel as though they're unworthy of success, of doing great things. And it cripples them before they even get started. A lot of people suffer from imposter syndrome, right? Why me? When really, those are just thoughts over time that created these limiting beliefs. Here's the good news, audience. You weren't born with the belief that you're unworthy. You weren't born with negative inner dialogue. We cultivated it over time whether it be our environment, our family, school, society, whatever the case may be. But as long as we become aware and mindful that we cultivated those over time, we have the ability to then go back in and reprogram by replacing those negative thoughts with positive ones, which create empowering beliefs like I am worthy, right? We can live the life we desire. There is nothing that we can't do, so to speak. And so I think ultimately inner dialogue is absolutely everything, RJ. When you were on Wall Street, you would have come across a lot of successful people. Could we assume that majority of those successful people that you knew had a well-established inner dialogue or did some of them have a shit inner dialogue, although they were successful? I guess the question is, do you think people can still be successful when they're operating from a place with a negative inner dialogue? Suppose it's possible, right? Because if you're very systematic or you're structural and you stick to the routine and you, and you have habits, even though you have negative disempowering thoughts, you know, you could still be successful, but ultimately you'll never be able to reach your potential or expand your capacity unless you get the inner experience working for you. The most dynamic people in the world are those who can dictate their inner experience because the roots create the fruits, right? So if you want to really create something epic and leave a massive impact on this world, it's key, it's significant to have positive and strong inner dialogue. When you come across people, your members, where do you find that their inner critic or negative inner dialogue was created and how do you typically find it's been created? Is it from childhood or is it from life experience? What's your experience with um, the people? All the above. Some could stem as early as childhood could be from parents, right? Or could be from society or an experience that rubbed them the wrong way that really stuck with them. You know, sometimes it even happens later in life. People get crippled and lose their confidence because of a specific event, right? And they feel defeated. It happened at, at all different times. But what I urge anyone that's going through that right now, no matter when it is that you picked it up, is to forgive yourself. Forget about everything that happened in the past. It is what it is. 
forgive yourself. Because if you hold on to resentment and all this strong energy towards something, you're a prisoner in your own space. You have to let it go, forgive yourself. All that matters is what are we going to do now and what are we going to do next? Hmm. So the community at the CL CLS experience, uh, how are you facilitating that primarily? Is it in person, online, a combination of both? Hey guys, it is RJ here. And we wanted to take a hot minute to thank you for all your continued support of the show. We truly do love you guys, man, and value all the support you have given us over those last two seasons. So we want to make our impact more direct for you. So do this, screenshot this episode and make a post and tag us at Ultra Habits. Use hashtag Ultra Habits and we will give you not only a shout out on the following episode, but I will follow up with you for a 10 to 15 minute conversation to talk about habits and what you can do to make your habits much more impactful in your life. Anyways, we're going to leave you back in the capable hands of the guest. Enjoy the rest of the show, peeps. Right now, mostly everything's virtual. We have, a, we have a membership that shows up weekly Zooms, which is the most special thing. We have a private group in chat where we have 180 people just loving on each other, supporting each other, doing business with each other, networking. I also do masterminds. I have one-on-one -on -one coaching. We have keynote speaking. I just spoke in front of Fiverr two weeks ago, which is a $7 billion publicly traded company. Uh, in January, I'll be at a live event with our mutual friend, Anthony Trucks, John Maxwell, Jesse Isler, and some other people. So now that the world's opening up again, um, I'll be more in person, but right now, most of it's virtual Instagram, stuff like that. Mm, okay. And so you have no plans to go into back into wall street, do you? This is your jam. This is what you're going to be doing. This is it for the rest of my life in some capacity. And it'll look a little different, right? Because I, I'm, I'm evolving as a human being right now. I'm, I'm loving this quantum stuff and the universe and the energy stuff, which is new to me and exciting. I'm also now teaching how to build a personal brand. A year ago, that wasn't even on the agenda. I was teaching people about mindset, but people say they've never seen someone explode a personal brand the way I've been able to over the last year. And I say that very humbly. Now I'm teaching people how to do that, build a community, right? Because at the end of the day, you could have the best things to say, the best program, but if there's no eyeballs on it, it goes for nothing. So help people with that. But ultimately, this is it for me, brother. I love this stuff. This isn't work to me. I mean, if I had a billion dollars in the bank right now, which I don't yet, I'd still be doing exactly what I'm doing right now, more specifically having this great conversation with you. I love this stuff. Let's unpack this quantum stuff. What is this? I'm interested. So the quantum is something that's still new to me. Essentially, a couple months back, I was getting ready to run a marathon. I was in a big speaking engagement. I got injured. As it turns out, it was misdiagnosed. I had a tumor in my foot. Shook me up. So... Ended up getting surgery, gotten it taken out. It was on stitches, crutches, the whole thing. But I had an opportunity to then run the New York City Marathon and honor my dad who's battling cancer and inspire him and also raise money for American Cancer Society. And I didn't have the physical training going into the marathon because I just got off crutches. So I started really diving deep into this quantum stuff, something I had been skeptical about for the last couple of years because it was beyond my senses. How could I buy into it? But the truth of the matter is, is this stuff is real. Because I showed up to that New York City Marathon and ran as fast as I ever ran in my entire life without the physical training. Um, so there's that. And then also just understanding, like, like I was saying earlier in the conversation, 
we're, we're energy. Everything is energy. Can't be created, can't be destroyed. Everything is energy, right? So your thoughts are an electrical signal that you put out there to the universe. This is the power of intention. This is how the law of attraction works, in my opinion, just what I think. So you set out intentions, and then you obviously change your behaviors and beliefs on your way to those targets, because you can't hit a target you can't see. Then the universe begins to conspire to your favor. Doors begin to open up. You ever been around someone, RJ, and you're just like, their vibe is off, or I'm not digging their energy. It's the same thing. It's your intuition. Everything is energy. By putting out good, positive, intentional energy out there, the universe corresponds to the nature of your song, if you will. Uh, and really begins to help you out. And this is all still pretty new to me, but it's the first time in my life that I've been able to see real life manifestations occur in real life. It's very, very interesting stuff. Hmm. And so you also have to be in a place where you can actually see the connections and have enough awareness and wherewithal to, to be able to go through that door when that door is there, right? It's like one of those things where you really have to be evolved, would you say? Absolutely, buddy. You got to practice mindfulness and awareness. You have to be able to break it down and just take a second and breathe and find yourself grounded and so forth. And, you know, listen, I was go, go, go for, for so long in New York City as a business owner. You know how it is in Manhattan. If you're not going 300 miles an hour, you're getting run over. So when the pandemic, <laughs> it was the first time in the pandemic that I was grounded and I just paused, right? And I slowed down to find myself. And so, yeah, you have to be able to practice mindfulness and awareness and stop, breathe, and be aware of the situation. And that's how you can really start to activate this type of stuff. It's funny. Uh, you remind me when I, was, uh, when I first arrived in Australia. I'm from California, but I arrived in Australia. I had a boss who uh, was from New York. And he used, to, he used to walk around and pace around the office all the time. And I was like, dude, why are you always pacing across the office, Mark? He goes, man, I'm from New York. If you stand still, you get shot. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny cat. So let me ask you, what's the mission with the CLS experience? And are you trying to, are you trying to take this thing global, impact millions of people? It like, is global. Speaking to you in Australia. That's true. That's true. That's true. We have clients in South Africa, in South Korea, on Netherlands, London, everywhere. They're literally clients all over the place. This already is global and worldwide. What's the mission? Just to make the biggest impact possible, brother. Simply put, like big Tony Robbins, right? But even bigger, just reach more people. And it's not an ego thing. It's not about me. It's about just helping a lot of people understand that where they're at is not where they can be, right? They, they can make adjustments. They can change their perception. They can revamp their mindset. They can develop confidence. You can change your life. And here's the thing. I put out a post on social media about a week ago about all the things that's happened over the last year for CLS. And it wasn't an ego thing. It was just to show everyone how much can change if you just say yes, right? If you just attempt it, if you take a shot, not something, everything can change in a short amount of time if you buy in. And if you change your thoughts and your beliefs, a lot can change. So to answer your question, look, I'm still figuring a lot of this stuff out, simply put, but to make the biggest splash and impact so that long after I'm gone and my kids are gone, people can listen to this conversation right now between me and you, and they can be able to take nuggets from it and apply it to the daily life, stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I loved about your story was the relevance to our audience who are primarily in the executive space. And a lot of people within this executive space start to feel trapped. You know, they're, you know, in their late 30s, 40s and 50s, and 
they've accumulated massive mortgages, they've got kids in private schools, and they are trapped within a career that they now look at as a prison. And they're like, well, how the fuck do I pivot and kind of do what I really want to do? And I felt like you have provided an illustrative example of how to do that. What would you say to the individual that feels a bit trapped in their career? They're not necessarily loving what they're doing. They feel like they're got untapped potential but they don't really know what to do, man. Find some clarity, right? And if you're having trouble identifying what you're good at or what your gifts are, here's an exercise. Hit up 10 of the closest people to you in this world, family, friends, whatever the case may be. Ask them what they think you're really good at. Collect the data. There's going to be a couple similarities in there. At least the very minimal, that'll give you a little bit of direction, right? And then we can go from there. For me, I use the exercise, well, what are my gifts and what do I love? Personal development is what I love. My gift is my ability to communicate. So I married the two. For anyone out there that's having trouble identifying what they're really good at or what they really want to do, ask people close to you what they think you're really good at and so forth. But ultimately this, I want to land the plane at least with, with this point on this. There's always a choice, guys and girls. Like When the pandemic happened, and I'm very sympathetic for a lot of people that had a very challenging time, but I had a challenging time too. I just made a choice. I wanted something more. I wanted to make an impact. I wanted to do something different. So I got to work and I put together a strategy and the rest, as they say, is history. So where you're at now, if you're feeling stuck, it can all change to the best side, to, to, to the greater, if you just make a choice. And if you want that for yourself, just take messy action. It's never going to be the perfect time. But if you feel like there's a little bit more out there for you, explore that. The only way you lose is if you don't take that shot. Hmm. So you're saying that, it, you know, it's better to err on the side of activity and action versus kind of this overthinking it. And even if it's a bit messy, movement is more important than thinking. In my opinion, 1000%, brother. Yeah, I agree with that. I think a lot of people are concerned, for instance, and I think you can agree with this, like, you know, when you, you're moving and grooving and you're kind of getting messy publicly, a lot of people freak out about that, whereas I don't really care, right? Like, I think you know, when you, you know, you start a podcast or you, you know, you're doing anything socially like yourself, I'm also kind of figuring it out as I move. But I think a lot of people have a problem with that because they're like, oh my God, it's public. I don't want to, you know, be messy publicly. But I think people forget that people aren't really going to remember. They're more concerned about themselves <laughs> anyways. Like no one has got this magnifying glass on us, right? Like it's, you know, people are concerned about their own lives, their own shit. And it's, I think you just got to get started and I think you got to, you got to move. So let's move closer to um, the topic that we love here on ultra habits is it's habits. How do you structure your day? What are your habits and what's your personal systems look like? Right. I think stacking good habits is absolutely essential for success. But look, everybody's different, right? I, I'm very structured and disciplined. I'm on a meal prep. I wake up at the same time every day. I journal, I meditate, I go through my sharpening of the axe, I like to say, inspiring myself, and then I go about my day. I know there's a lot of people out there that like to be a free spirit and go as they please, to each their own. For me personally, I personally believe if you wake up every day rogue without a strategy, it leads to procrastination. So for me, I like to stay structured and disciplined. I have very good habits, and I take pride in that because I work at it. I wake up every day, have a cup of coffee, I start journaling, I put together my to-do list for the day, I'm probably listening to a podcast or an audio book at the same time, 
I meditate, say some prayers, uh, then I work out, and then I go about my day. And it just keeps me extremely structured. And also, like I said earlier, I'm on a meal prep. I don't have to think. My nutrition is top-notch. If I wasn't on a meal prep, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Like I, I would have to fend for myself in New York City. So even just as something is, is every three hours, I throw a meal in the microwave, I eat it. It's the perfect portion control. Keeps me in great shape, but also mentally keeps me sharp. I don't have to think, blah, blah, blah. So in my personal opinion, stacking very good habits and being structured is optimal for success. Well, I think, look, I, I really, I think there's a lot there in terms of activity, stacking, building habits upon habits. And, you know, that whole James Clear piece of that exponential outcome that habit happens when we stack good habits. I think there's a lot to be said there. Do you go to bed early? No, not right now, because building an empire and, and I'm putting in a lot of work to this stuff because I love it. And that's what it truly takes, in my opinion, to build something epic. And so I'm working a lot right now, but it's not work to me. I love it. I'm very grateful. Um, but if I'm being honest with you, because I'll always be transparent, I, I don't get to bed as early as I'd like to. And I wake up super early, catch up a little bit on the weekends for the most part. And obviously, at some point in the near future, I'll be my as my team continues to grow, I'll be able to delegate even more, which is challenging for me because I have that type of personality where I can do it all. But I'm learning. Uh, and there'll be some more stuff that's off my plate, so to speak. Um, but right now, I go to bed probably around, I would say, midnight, and I wake up around 4.30. Yeah, right. And I notice you're super fit. What kind of training do you do? Well, I just ran the New York City Marathon, you know, and uh, I'm into that stuff, running marathons. If I'm not running, I'll be upstairs at the gym, just clanging and banging, lifting a little bit of weights. Fitness is very important to me. I work out every single day of my life, not because I have to, because I get to. For me, it's a treat. It's not so much physical validation as it was when I was a kid. Now, it's just mental. It's just to get out there and break a sweat. Uh, and I think it's good for the mind. So I love fitness. It's a big part of me. Yeah, I think you're very similar to myself that if you didn't work out, you probably start to lose your shit a bit, right? Like it kind of, <laughs> it, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm like, I got I to gotta work out. It's got to be an almost daily thing. I think with the kids, it's a bit harder for me to do it every day. I do run ultra marathons as well. Usually I compete, but again, Very with cool. kids and yeah, I mean, it's difficult with kids, lack of sleep, you start to get sick. If you're not sleeping properly, then the business. And so, I mean, in terms of, you know, it's one of those things, I think that habits and how we move and groove have to be relevant to our lives and our own day. But I think it's important, as you said, to have a structure have a system and be intentional with how we actually approach our day. Because if we don't have intentionality about how we approach our day, our day will own us and the people, places and things within that day will own us. So I think what we'll do is we'll start to wrap it up there. Craig, I really want to honor you and thank you for joining us on the Ultra Habits show. Where can we find you? Where can we learn more about what you're doing, man? Yeah. I probably hang out the most, I would say, on Instagram at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. Um, you can find me on anywhere you listen to podcasts, the record breaking, the CLS experience. And then our website, you can find out all the ways to work with me and all the stuff we have going on, cultivatelastingsymphony.com. And if you like daily inspiration, you can text 917 634 3796, all things inspiration on a daily basis. Before you go, I know 
the CLS experience. The CLS is an it's an acronym off of your name, but how did you come up with cultivating lasting symphony? Like, give me the rundown on that. I'm a, let me be honest. I'm a strange cat. I'm weird, and I embrace all of that. I always like the word symphony. It's just when I think of that word, it's just beautiful. I think of like like a like an orchestra all playing in tempo. So it's going to last. It's not like a motivational thing that fizzles. Like everyone's at the gym January 1st and it's empty two weeks later. Great <laughs> lasting symphony for me was like revamping your mindset for life. And I don't know, it, it just felt beautiful in my head. So it was also a play on my initials. No, I like it, brother. But look, uh, thank you from the land down under, man. Really appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the opportunity. Of course, brother.